maybe like five minute prayer, not too, too much. So um, before we start, let, we always start off by thanking God. So let's just start off by thanking God for what he's done for us, bringing us here today. Um, even being able to meet, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much today. We thank you for who you are and who you continue to be. We thank you for your guidance, your protection over our life. We thank you for, for even just this meeting, God. We bless your name. We give you praise, oh God. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Holy God, we give you praise. We bless your name for who you are and who you continue to be in our lives. You are great and awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for each and every one of our lives. Thank you for all the people that are even on their way. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you for even last week, the way you, you moved in our midst we pray that you also do the same this week we thank you that you are great and awesome we give you praise king of kings we give you praise thank you jesus 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 you are great and awesome in all your ways who is like you in all the earth god we give you praise we thank you god the father chosen us that you have made us worthy oh god we thank you that by your blood that we were made whole god thank you for th that you were the atonement for our sins god we give you praise we bless your name jesus we thank you so much for who you are we thank you god we thank you god we thank you jesus now we can just um ask god to let's just welcome the holy spirit into our midst we don't want to do anything without him so let's just pray that the holy spirit will will um be here with us and i want you to tell god what you want from him tonight what what you want him to what you want to see him do in our meeting if you want him to speak to you if you want to encounter him what what revelations you want to see i want you to talk to god and personalize it say i want this from you god so let's just ask the holy spirit to come and um ask god what we want Holy Spirit, we can't do anything without you. We are nothing without you. So in this moment, God, we just ask for your presence to fill this place in each and every one of our homes. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will fill each and every one of us up to the top, that you will just pour into your people, God, that you will give us divine understanding, that you will give us divine wisdom, even during a time of, of Bible study to, to read in the book of Revelation. God, we ask that you will just meet us here, that we will encounter you in our own special ways, God, that we We will all be touched by you, Holy Spirit. We ask for your presence to fill us up so much, God, that we will even we will even be unquenchable fires in the world, God, that, that our fire will just catch on everyone around us, God, that even what we learn today, we'll be able to touch the people around us. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we want more of you. We tell you to take dominion of this environment, this atmosphere. We don't want Want to do anything without you i pray that you will fill me up and allow me to lead god may i just be a vessel holy spirit do the work i don't want to do anything i don't want to say anything of my words god may everything come from you in the mighty name of jesus we ask that you will meet each and every one of us at our point in need in jesus's mighty name Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we thank you so much for this meeting. We thank you for all the lives that are on here and all the people that are on their way, God. We pray that you will bring them here safely. I know that it's online, but we pray that you'll bring them here safely. We thank you, God, for this meeting. We thank you for your presence that's already so strong in this, in this atmosphere. We ask that you would just have your way in our midst, that you will, you will just lead the way, that 
we will do things based off of how you want them to be done not how we want them to be done father god we pray that you will just meet us here you will give us divine understanding divine wisdom during a time like this and you even give us peace god as we're coming to read revelation give us peace and understanding in your word in jesus's mighty name we pray we're also very thankful amen 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 Okay, so today, or last week rather, we talked about um, chapter 4 and 5. So in chapter 4 and 5, we got a glimpse of um, the throne room in heaven, what heaven is like. In chapter 5, um, we talked about seals, okay? So um, this week, we're in chapter 6. From now on, it's all everything that's to come, everything that's to come. So right now, we're getting into like the great tribulation type times so um what we're about to do today is we're gonna uh, talk about the six seals and then the sealed people of israel so um before we begin i want us to just read revelation chapter six and then we can break it down from there can i get someone to read it for me revelation chapter six please anybody not all at once though of course i'll read thank you belinda okay As I watched, the lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll. Then I heard one of the four living beings say with a voice like thunder, Come. I looked up and saw a white horse standing there. Its riders carried a bow and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. When the lamb broke the second seal, I heard the second living being say, Come. Then another horse appeared, a red one. Its rider was given a mighty sword and the authority to take peace from the earth, and there was war and slaughter everywhere. When the lamb broke the third seal, I heard the third living being say, Come. I looked up and saw a black horse, and its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard a voice from among the four living beings say, A loaf of wheat bread or three loaves of barley will cost a day's pay, and don't waste the olive oil and wine. Then the lamb broke the fourth seal, and I heard the fourth living being say, Come. I looked up and saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named Death, and his companion was the grave. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth, to kill with the sword and famine and disease and wild animals. When the lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of all who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful in their testimony. They shouted to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little longer until the full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Jesus who were to be martyred, had joined them. I watched as the Lamb broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake. The sun became as dark as black cloth, and the moon became as red as blood. Then the stars of the sky fell to the earth like green figs falling from a tree shaken by a strong wind. The sky was rolled up like a scroll, and all of the mountains and islands were moved from their places. Then everyone, the kings of the earth, the rulers, the generals, the wealthy, the powerful, and every slave and free person, all hid themselves in the caves and amongst the rocks of the mountains. And they cried to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come and who is able to survive. Amen. 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 So that's like a, yo, this part of the scripture, I'm not even going to lie. I've read this 
countless times and it like it was so hard for me to understand up until recently so we're gonna just take our time on this so before we get into like each seal i just want to ask you guys why do you think it's called the great tribulation like the great tribulation we understand that tribulation is like trouble and we all endure trouble so why is this the great tribulation what's so different about this than anything that we go through Anybody can answer. No idea is a wrong idea. Hello. Hey, Emmanuel. Um, I think it's called the Great Tribulation because I feel like it's gonna be like the worst period of time that like the Earth has ever faced because like God's wrath is just like the worst, I guess. Exactly. So yeah. Exactly. Anybody else? Um, I think it's called the Great Tribulation because it's like, because it is great. You know what I'm saying? Like, even for like the Great Depression, like there's the Depression and then there's the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Well, you guys like actually got it. Like the Great Tribulation because it's so great. Nothing that the earth has ever seen. We go through trials and tribulations, yes, but this, what is going to happen is the greatest of, of any form. So just imagine whatever you've gone through in life, all your trials, all your tribulations, all your troubles, nothing is going to compare to the wrath of God upon the, the earth. Like nothing. I'm talking about losing a family member. Yes, that's bad. Um, depression itself, yes, that's bad. Everything that we go through, even being tortured, that's bad. But what is to come is so terrible. It's so scary that nobody can endure it. You know what I mean? And I don't say this is scary, but this is just the truth. It's the great tribulation because it will be the greatest thing that earth has ever experienced. So before we go um, like on into the scripture, I just want you guys to kind of understand the time frame that we're at, okay? So a lot of prophecies happened before all of this, okay? And I want you guys to understand that the way prophecies work is like obviously god will speak to this person and it will come to pass later on so regarding this um this period the great tribulation it was actually prophesied ahead of time in daniel so if we go to daniel chapter 9 we can see that um in that time actually daniel um he was praying for the people because he was um, he was actually praying on a prophecy that happened before him in jeremiah's time and god was talking about like seven seven seventy years and that 70 year time period for exile of the israelites was coming to an end so so daniel was crying out to god he was praying for his people and while he was praying the angel gabriel came to him and he revealed a lot of stuff to him now i'm not we're not in daniel so i'm not going to break down that scripture too much but basically the angel the gabriel like in what he told him he kind of gave him a time frame for everything that's to come so he, um it, it was seven and 70 weeks okay so then you go seven times 70 is 490 so it's kind of 490 years so he was giving that time frame but we also have to understand our time and god's time is so different so seven itself i know this is a little bit confusing but seven of a week obviously is seven years so every seven is seven years 
So seven equals seven years. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm making sense. Start me at any time, by the way. But basically, um, what's to come is like he prophesied a lot. He prophesied about um Jesus's Jesus being um coming and dying even. And then there's a period right after Jesus um dies, and there's a break. So the clock starts um when this one king comes into place. I'm not gonna get too into that. And then after Jesus dies, the clock stops. Right. So now there's a period of time where that clock is stopped. It stopped. It stopped, and it's gonna start again during this great tribulation is going to be seven years for this great tribulation so it's going to be the last seven years of the 490 year period that's what i want you guys to understand i know it's a lot but i just want you guys to get that kind of idea this is all prophecy like the prophecies that were done like way before a lot of them are going to come to pass and haven't even come to pass yet you know what i mean so that's what i want you guys to understand so the great tribulation has already been prophesied about so now the way that this one works is that this great tribulation is kind of god's idea for his kingdom so it's kind of like breaking it down and these are just the last seven years okay so also in um the prophetic books if we get into joel and Zephaniah, they all talk about the day of the lord as well so if you go into the prophecy books you see that it talks about how terrible the day of the lord is going to be it talks about how scary how nobody wants to even live through something like that like you'd rather be dead than live through the coming of god okay and i personally believe obviously there's many theories but i believe that the people of god will not be on earth when this happens um there's a, a there's some um scriptures that kind of back up what i'm saying but everybody to each is its, his own right um i'm gonna give you one scripture though that lets me know that i'm not gonna be in the great tribulation i don't know about you but i will not be in the great tribulation if you go to first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 9 it says for god did not appoint us to wrath but to obtain salvation through our lord jesus christ so it's saying that god didn't appoint his people to wrath meaning that everything that's going to happen is the wrath of god meaning that we are not appointed to endure that wrath of god you know what i mean so everything that's going to happen i strongly believe that we will not be a part of but there are people that are going to live through that time period and it won't be me i don't know about you but it definitely won't be me but now let's get into um the seals so the great tribulation we talked about what it is we know that it's going to be very serious now let's get into the seals I don't know if you guys remembered, but last week we were talking about that title deed. So it's like a scroll um, and it's wrapped in a bunch of seals with wax on top of it. And the only one that was able to open it was Jesus Christ himself. So now, right now, right now is the lamb opening each of the seals. He's opening each of them. So the first one, when we get into the first seal, we see that it says, I'm going to go back for the people that just came. It says, um, now I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard of the and I heard one of the four living creatures sing with a voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked and behold, a white horse and he and who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to, to conquer. So we see that there's a there's a white horse and the person on the white horse has a bow and a crown. A lot of people, they might think that this is Jesus himself only because Jesus, you know, he's known for wearing white and the crown is God and all of that. But this is in fact the Antichrist, the Antichrist that is going to come and conquer. Now the Antichrist is coming through this great tribulation tribulation time and he's going to be most likely like a politician coming to i'm going to give you guys peace i'm going to help you guys out i want you guys to you know have a good life i, I i'm going to fix everything but we do understand that nobody can really bring us peace no politician no one we even have right now can bring us peace only jesus christ himself can bring us peace right so he's going to come falsely saying that he almost I, I like i strongly believe he's almost gonna come almost as in like yo like i'm the christ of like now you know i'm coming to save you guys i'm gonna be your savior but it's only gonna last for a bit 
So because it's seven years, half of that time, he's going to come saying, yo, yo, it's good. I'm going to help you guys out. And then the other half is just going to be like, everything is going to switch up. He's going to want everyone to worship him. It's going to be like so different. So it's going to start all good. And then it ends terrible during the great tribulation. So that's the white horse. And this is one of the four horses of the apocalypse. So we get into this antichrist. Guys, I also want you guys to remember to stop me at any time if you have any questions. So that's the Antichrist. For the second seal, it's called Conflict on the Earth. He says, when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out. And it was granted to one who sat on it to take peace from the earth. And that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. So now this, this um, horse is red. And this one is more war. This one is coming saying come and kill whoever you need to kill. And it's so funny. It's like, I'm not saying that we live in a time like this now, but it's like the way God is working in this great tribulation, it's almost as if like, he's not doing anything to us. He's kind of letting our own devices work against ourselves. If you see something like um, the conqueror, he's coming to conquer it. As human beings, all we want to do is conquer. We want to take over territory, war. We think that war is things that will bring us peace. It's so funny to me. Um, in high school, you would see people fighting because they're trying to bring peace to a certain situation. I'm going to fight this girl because she stole my boyfriend. So my, my boyfriend and I relationship will be good. So the way God is working in this time is like, he's not even doing anything. Like you guys have not seen anything yet. That's what he's trying to say. Everything that you guys have created for yourself is what I'm giving back to you. I'm giving you guys back war. I'm giving you guys back a famine i'm giving you guys back people conquering a nations you know what i mean so all of these are devices man-made devices that we have put on ourselves that we are getting back so that's the second one so the second one is war when we get into the third one it says when you open the third seal i heard the third living creature say come and see so i looked and behold a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand and i heard a voice in the midst of the four creatures saying a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. So this black in the Old Testament especially kind of meant famine. So this is going to be like a time of famine. And if you kind of look into it as well, the way the scripture states it, it's going to be almost as if the poor will, will become even more poor. It's like you're working just to eat. You work to live. What I work um, for today, I'm eating with just that. But I also think that it's it's kind of like the poor will be poor, but the rich will somehow continue to overindulge on what they have because it says um it says and do not harm the oil and the wine so there's still oil and there's wine but the people that are poor just can't enjoy it so what i believe is like if we look at even a continent like africa politicians will overindulge on what they have and everybody else is going to suffer so if you have nothing you're going to continue to have nothing. Whatever you, you have, you will continue to work really hard for, very, very hard for. So this is just a time of scarcity and, and um, it's going to be a time of also inflation of, of, of prices. You're going to go to the store and what you can get for $5 now will be $25. You know what I mean? So it's going to be very hard to live in times like that. So we'll get into the fourth seal. So the fourth seal when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, come and see. So I looked and behold a pale horse and the name of him who sat on it was death and Hades followed with him. So right here, it's talking about death actually coming to take over the world. They, um, they got to give them permission to take over like a fourth of the world and uh, through four things, through hunger, 
through killing of the sword with death or plague, you can say, and by the beasts of the earth. Now, if we're looking at it maybe in a time like today with our population, that means that over one billion people would die through these four things. Can you imagine that? Like in the world that we live in today, one billion people dying. Let's say we're right now in a pandemic and one million people have died. And that's already so much for us. Imagine one billion people dying. It's going to be so grave. And the thing is, I feel like during this great tribulation, a lot of people are, obviously because we have already been raptured, a lot of people are going to be more woke. They're going to be like, well, what's going on? Something it just isn't right. You know what I mean? So then we get into the fifth seal, the cry of the martyrs. So when, we, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer, until both the number of their fellow servants and, and their brethren who had been killed were, as they were, were completed. So right now, Paul sees, um, I said Paul, sorry, John sees um, the martyrs. So martyrs are people who die because of their testimony of Jesus Christ. So let's say right now um, somebody comes into power and says, no, you guys, it's illegal to believe in God. And if you do, you, you would die. If they kill me, I am technically a martyr. I am a martyr because I stood up for my belief in Christ. So a lot of the apostles, even um the disciples that walked with Jesus, were martyrs. They were di they died for what they believe in, like Peter, all of them. They were martyrs. So right now you see them. They're like, Yo, God, how long is it gonna be? Like we've been waiting. We died for you. What's going on? Why is it taking so long? When are you gonna avenge us? Because they understood that vengeance was for the Lord alone. That's why they waited. That's why they stuck through with their testimony. They understood that that their reward in heaven was far greater than than fighting on earth. So they were like, you know what, God, we did this for you. What's going on? But because God knows all things, he knows it's not time yet. So he, he robes them with white, meaning righteousness, purity. He's robing them for their good deeds. And he's saying, wait a little bit longer because he knows that his, um, their thoughts and his thoughts are different. He's like, don't worry. Like I have everything under control. Sometimes we go through things and we're like, God, when are you going to fight for me? God, wh why am I still going through this? And God says, take your time. I have it under control. Vengeance is for me. No matter what you're going through today, I have it solved for tomorrow, you know? So we can kind of put ourselves in the situation of the martyrs where it's like, God, right now I'm broke. I got 30 cents in my bank account, but you said that you were going to watch over me. What's going on? But God says, don't worry. That miracle money that you've been praying about is coming in your account in two days all you have to do is take your time so they understood what waiting on the lord was kind of like and and obviously that's not what i'm saying is not really a part of the revelation but that's also a revelation in the book of revelation waiting upon the lord understanding that god's time is far greater than our time correct so let's move on so then we get into the sixth seal and this is the final seal that's opened in these next two chapters there's a bit of a break from the seals and then the seventh seal opens because the seventh seal is kind of like the prelude to the trumpet so we're not going to get into the seventh seal today but the sixth seal is cosmic disturbances it said I looked when he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it was rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. 
and the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who was able to stand. So we see here in the sixth seal, it's like a lot of natural disasters basically it's going to be one huge earthquake first and foremost and i need you guys to understand that earthquake um a lot of people think that we're already in the seals we're in the sixth seal already this earthquake is going to be global not one person will miss out on this earthquake this earthquake is going to be mega a couple of years ago there was an earthquake in um japan i believe and the magnitude of that earthquake actually shifted the axes of the earth it shifted the axis of the earth. And right now, Japan is in place where it was originally was because of that earthquake. Imagine what a global earthquake will do to this world. The world will not be in the same place it is. And it's both physical and spiritual. Like that earthquake is also a sign of the wrath of God. It's shaking everything. Everything is going to be shaken in that time. Nothing will be able to stand because of that earthquake. Correct? So then let's move on. So then there's an earthquake and then there's going to be like meteors and stuff like that. So, you know, the sky, it's going to be basically like the sky is falling down. Everything is going to be terrible. Stars everywhere. The, the moon is going to be red. We've seen red moons already, but this is going to be different. Because I think uh, scientifically, I believe, Pastor, correct me if I'm wrong, but because of all those natural disasters, I think it's going to cause some smoke thing that will cause, um, make the, root, um, the moon red. But then again, I'm not that science but that's what I uh, researched a little bit about. And because of all that smoke and everything that's going to be going on, the, the, um, the sun or the moon will turn red. And then it says here, this is the part that actually gets me. Every person, no matter how great or how little you are, is running away from this. The kings of the earth, the slaves, a free man, a person that's not free, everybody. They're even telling the mountains to come and fall on them. Do you know how great, how, how great their situation is that they have to tell the mountains to fall on me and hide me? And you know what's so funny is that a lot of people, um, they're like, they believe that we're in um, the great tribulation. But what I need you guys to understand is when you're in the great tribulation, you're going to know you're in the great tribulation. This part actually says, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? So they understand that what they're going through right now is not anything normal. It's not natural disaster. It's all the wrath of God. When the great tribulation comes, nobody's going to be able to stand. You're not going to say, oh, look at this natural disaster. Look at what's going on. Everybody is going to be shook. The whole earth is going to be shaken and, and torn apart. And it's actually funny because we'll get into it later, but there's a lot of people that will actually get saved through the Great Tribulation. And then there's going to be people that are, are, are um, ignorant or arrogant, I, rather, I should say rather, with their chest time. They're like, all oh, this is going on, but guess what? I'm still not going to serve this God. If anything, it makes me more mad that a God like you will create this earth and destroy like this. The Great Tribulation is going to come and instead of people repenting they're going to be turning away from god and i say this to encourage you guys a lot of people are going to wait until the great tribulation to be saved don't wait don't wait for the world to shake before you want to get serious with god now is the time to get serious with god because guess what you're going to be caught up and raptured before any of this happens a lot of people say yeah like i have time i'll have seven years guess what this seven years is going to be torture for you to even get through that is will only be through god to be honest because it, it's almost impossible for you to go through something like that and stand all the things that are going to happen in this great tribulation it will really test your faith and if you're already not strong now what makes you think you can go through 
this, what's going to happen. So I say this not to scare you, but to encourage you. Get serious with God now that you have the time to, because when that great tribulation comes, nobody will be able to stand. And the word of God never passes away. The word of God does not lie. What it is saying is so true. If even kings, strong men, short men, tall men, all powerful, all knowing men, if they can't stand it, what makes you think that you can stand it? Get serious with God now. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you guys a question, but before I do, like I was saying before, there's gonna be a lot of people like atheists and stuff that are gonna say, you know what? What like what's up with this God? I don't get it. How are you gonna create this world and then destroy it like this? Why are you doing all of this? And I wanna ask you, what would you say, or rather, what answer do you have for if this God is so good, if this God is so merciful, if this God is so powerful and he loves me and he came to die for me, why is he doing all of this? Why is he coming to destroy the earth that he created? Why is he coming to, to cause all this tribulation to us? Anybody can answer. It's open. Let's discuss, guys. So great. All-knowing, all-powerful. Why is he coming to to do all this, to destroy the world. Can anybody let me, tell me? Everybody's muted. You know what? I can actually unmute all of you, eh? So somebody better start talking. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Hi, this is Joanna. Hey, Joanna. So I'm not entirely sure, but I think um, most of it or part of it is because um, We've been going against his will, kind of, so he's angry. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Anybody else? Hey, it's okay. me. Okay. Um, I think, honestly, like, when you think about who God is and how good he is, the fact that you reject God and his goodness and everything, you're choosing the opposite thing from him. So if God is good, if God is life, if God is peace, all of these things, these people are saying that they don't want to serve God. So God is giving them what they want. You say that you don't want my peace. You don't want my love. You don't want who I am. So you're choosing the exact opposite. So it's like he's, he's giving them basically what they want. That's what I have to say. Perfect. Exactly. Anybody else? Sorry. Irina? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Um, I think um, just to build off of um, Beatrice and Joanna. So basically, um, with Joanna's point, wait, no, never mind. I forgot what she said. But <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah. So if you look like back at with the Israelites and stuff, like whenever, especially like um, in First Kings, Second Kings, like when the kings made them do evil, like they stored up God's wrath. And so I believe, like, in this time, we're basically doing the same thing. We're storing up God's wrath. So then, like, when he finally poured, her, poured it upon them, you know, he punished them from their presence, you know, sent them into exile and all that stuff. So um, I think that's basically, it's kind of like, I don't want to say, like, a repeat, but, like, if you just look at, like, the stuff that when, when the Israelites angered God, like, the stuff that he did to them, it's like, I guess you can say similar to what will happen. And then also people kind of, they only focus on, oh, God is good. They don't focus on, oh, God is also just. Like, so if you do something evil, then, you know, you're going to get that punishment. So, yeah. Anybody else? Okay. Um, hi, I'm just Ben. Okay, I'm, I'm also adding a little suggestion to it. Uh, I think also that um, 
God wants us to know that the earth is for him. And moreover, we are just passing through it. That's not meant for us. Or here is not a destination for us. But our main destination is heaven. So we should not like make here a permanent place. So if you try to make here a permanent place, then you'll be misled. So we should focus and also try and to, to meet our heaven. Yeah. Anybody else, if any of your friends came to you and said, the God you serve is so great and he's so merciful and he's so loving, why is he coming to destroy us? Maybe just two more answers, because this conversation is good. I like the answers I'm getting. Um, well, God is not really coming to destroy us. It's what we've done that is destroying ourselves. So we shouldn't blame God. God is just letting what we have done happen to us. Okay, I'll go again. <laughs> okay, Irina. <laughs> um, I also think, well, kind of back to my other point, but like, you know, God is slow to anger. So I feel like um, we must have done a lot to finally bring him to the point that all of this suffering is like going to happen to us. So yeah, that's it. You guys are all right because a lot of what a lot of people don't understand is they only like to look at the good side of God. Like God is good, God is gracious, God is merciful, and they take advantage of that, not understanding that we serve a just and faithful God. Everything that He also says He's going to do, He will do it. He's not a man that He will lie. He fulfills everything that He's going to say. And if you even go back to the prophecy in Daniel, He says that He's gonna come and get rid of all types of sin because we have to understand that that sin is detestable to God. When we look in the Bible. Bible also tells us that even our good is a filthy rag to, to, to God. So imagine what our, our, our sin is to him. If our good is a filthy rag, imagine sin. You know what I mean? So a lot of people like to um, only look at one side of God and not understand that, no, God is also just. Almost like our parents even. Like our parents love us. Our parents, um, they, they do all this good stuff for us. But yo, when it's time to discipline you, like it's time to discipline you. You know what I mean? And a lot of people are deceived by the, only the good of God. And obviously that's one of the tactics tactics of satan to deceive us and make us think yeah god you know what god's not going to do that to me and that's why a lot of people even believe uh, sorry this just came to my head you know when um someone says yo god's not going to send me to hell i've been so good to people like i've helped the poor i've given them money i've done all of this but you don't believe in god so how do you expect to be in his kingdom with him does that make sense it's a lot of people they expect so much out of god without doing their part like god is god so he's gonna do all of this for me without having to do what they need to do and then it's also i liked what i forgot who said it but it, it's kind of like god's timing like he's slow to anger but he he awaits his time and this is something i love about god so much is he's a god of order and timing there's so many things that we've done to God for God to say, like, even during a time like now, like, yo, let me just come destroy the earth. Because he's a God of order and timing, he's like, you know what? The time is coming. The time is coming. So he's slow to anger. He waits because he knows there's a time coming. And that's why it's so important for even, even us as children of God to know how to be to, to be disciplined and to be ordered and, and to work on God's timing because God is a God of order. He doesn't like um, mismatch. He doesn't like messiness. He likes things to be done a certain way. That's why even the steels are opened a certain way at a certain time 
time. Everything is like in the way that God has called it to be. So we also need to understand order. And I know that's a little bit off topic, but you know, that's important too. And God's timing is the best timing. He knew that, you know, martyrs, you guys have to wait. Everybody, you guys have to wait because my wrath, it, it's slowly coming. It's slowly coming. It's slowly coming. You guys have done a lot, but now it's time for me to get rid of sin in the world. And that's why as people of God, it's also important for us to get close with God. Because once you get close with God, even during a time like now, to get close with God is so important because then you start to understand that there's some things that God needs to do, that the great tribulation does not scare you anymore because you know God is coming to, to take away all the sin of the world. You understand, you start to love what God loves and hate what God hates. God hates sin, so you yourself, you will hate to sin. You will hate sin so much that you will say, God, you even wait for the great tribulation. God, when you coming to take your people because we're tired of the sin in the world. And that's why it's so important to know the God that we serve because it will be easier to kind of flow. Because before I got even serious of God, for me, it was like, God, the great tribulation, like what's all this about? why come to destroy everybody like you know what i mean but after getting to know god for myself it's like i understand why you want to come and destroy all this we're even not even worthy of you and you have you have made us worthy like i'm even thankful that i'm not going to be enduring that great tribulation you know what i mean but um that's what i have to say about chapter six pastor show you want to round us up for chapter six wow thank you so much michaela and thanks to every one of you for the amazing contributions I'm just soaking it in and being so blessed. Thank you. Um, just one thing I want to add, uh, following along the conversation, and I like the question you asked, Michaela, um, about us seeing God in his fullness. He is full of love, he is kind, but he is also a God of judgment. I want someone to read for me Hebrews chapter 2, um, from verse 1 to verse 4. Hebrews chapter 2, from verse 1 to 4. Nobody wants to read? I think I'm going to choose someone. Hey, Sarah, can you read for us? Sure. Okay, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binded, binding, and every violation and disobedience received is its just punishment, how shall, how shall we escape even... Wait, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Amen. 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 You see, in this scripture, the, the writer of the book of Hebrews is telling us the importance of holding on to the salvation that we have come to believe in. And, and he's contrasting it with the Old Testament. Just picking up from what Michaela had asked us, that um, God is good, God is kind. Why is all these judgments coming to the world? And, and one of you, I think it was Irina, that was saying, well, similar to how he dealt with the nation of Israel, with um, all the love that he showed to them, when they rebelled against him, he, he judged his own people. 
And in this scripture, it's telling us for, for the, the people who received God's word through angels, speaking of the Old Testament, if God brought judgment to them when they were not faithful, how much more us who have received the true salvation through his own son, Jesus Christ, not even through angels, but through his own son. And we have received the real deal, right? And he's saying, how shall we escape if we neglect this salvation? And that's why, you see, whenever we're talking of judgment, it, it stands at par with the love of God. Because God knows the extent of his judgment that is coming, he gave his utmost best to show his love, which is his son, Jesus Christ, because he doesn't want any of us to go through that judgment. And so he said, I'll do whatever it takes to get people out of this wrath that is coming. That's why even if it meant the death of his own son, he was willing to do it and he did it. And you and I, having this salvation, must hold on firmly to it. Let, let's not let anything make us to treat it anyhow. Let's take Jesus seriously. Let's take God seriously because he's giving his best for us, knowing the extent of the judgment that is to come. So as we go through Revelations, let's see it in that light, that this same God who is just and holy and must punish sin has also given his best to solve the problem of sin. And the choice is ours to make. Thank you. Let's, let's go on, Michaela. Thank you, Pastor Cyril. Um, so now we're going to get into Revelation chapter 7. And obviously, I want one of you guys to read. So can one of you guys volunteer to read for me, please? Revelation chapter 7. Gabriel, can you read for me, please? Can I freeze? Yeah, 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 I'm coming. What? <laughs> and after these things, standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels. Can you say, to whom it was given to hurt this earth and the sea, saying, hurt not the sea, saying, hurt not the truth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And there were sealed on a hundred and forty, a hundred and forty and four thousand of you know, prince. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And there were sealed a hundred and forty and four thousands of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Gad were sealed twelve thousand. Of the child of Aser were sealed twelve thousand. Of the child of Nephilim were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Manasseh were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Simon were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Ishtar were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Zabulun were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000. Because die. Of the child of, of the tribe no, of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. After this I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no number which no man can number. 
of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth on the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round the throne and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are those these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence they came near? I said unto them, Sir, thou knowest, and he said to come said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him every day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them onto living mountains, fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. Amen. Amen. So in chapter 7, we talk about um, the seals of Israel. And before I get into it, we um we talk about how nobody can endure the wrath of God, but this scripture almost tells us that some people will. So I'm asking you before we get into it, who do you think can endure the wrath of God? Who's able to withstand it? Not all at once, please. Not all at once. No answer is a wrong answer here. I promise you, I will not laugh. I don't even know all the answers myself. I think that believers who are saved are going to be the ones to be able to like withstand because it says salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. And like, as you said earlier, like they were dressed in white robes, which are righteousness. So I guess because like they were saved and like they knew like who their God was and like who like their salvation came from, they were able to withstand. Okay, I get what you're trying to say. Anybody else? Okay, no? Okay, so we'll get into when we get into the scripture then. So it starts off um, with four angels standing at four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth on the sea or any other tree. Okay, so then there's these four angels that are on the four corners of the earth, and obviously this is a part of the wrath of God. They're about, they hold the, um, they're stopping the wind from flowing at this point. Before that happens, an angel comes to them and says, don't do what you're about to do yet. We need to seal God's people first. So God is saying that the people that he has on the earth that are his right now, he needs to seal them first. So it's like, you know when a dog has a collar and it goes lost? Like, it usually goes back to the owner because there's a collar on it. So they know who to take them back to. That's what God is kind of doing to his people. He's sealing them. And actually, like, later on in the scripture, we come to, um, not in this scripture, but in Revelation, I believe, it talks about that seal being the name of God the Father and the Son on the forehead. So it's so funny also even that um, 
in this part, they seal his people, but also the Antichrist and, uh, and the beast and the mark of the beast, they kind of seal their people as well. It's like they almost come as doing the same thing as God, but in a different way. Remember how last week we talked about how um, the devil and the people of the world trying to um, try to make things of God demonic? Something that is supposed to be like a seal um, of of God's people, they've made it like a seal of like your mind, like you belong to the beast. You know what I mean? but that's just a side note. So then I saw another angel ascending from the east having the seal. So then he's going to seal the people. And he says, do not harm the earth or the sea or, this, uh, or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the ch uh, children of Israel were sealed. Now this is where a lot of people, a lot of people, and I say a lot of people because it's a lot of people are mistaken. Right here, it says he's sealing 144,000 people, okay? And you see other religious groups, other um, believers, of something else come and say you know i'm one of those 144,000, or i'm one of those people or i'm part of them but they don't really understand the scripture to its fullest because honestly speaking the people that say that they're part of the 144,000, one i wouldn't want to be one of them i'm so sorry god i love you so much but the great tribulation is already something that is very serious okay so to say that you want to be there is one thing two they're not even understanding the context of this scripture it's saying the children of israel were sealed and I don't know about you guys, but I'm I, I'm a descendant of um, Israel by uh, salvation, not by blood. I wasn't born a Jew or any of that. So these people are actually Jews that are going to be sealed. And it says it because it even talks about the 12 tribes of Israel. And it names 12,000 from each of them, which um, sum up to chosen one. Irina, can you elaborate on that? Um, okay, so Beverly, she has a friend, right? <laughs> or someone on her snap, I don't know if it's her friend or something. But, you know, um, she, I guess you can say she belongs to a different religious group. And, like, she says that there's a lady in her church that, like, they say that she's a chosen one, which means she's one of the 144,000 that are going to, like, go to heaven. And the rest of us are going to stay on earth, and earth is going to be, like... I don't know, how do you say, like, cleaned up, I guess, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think people like that, because I know exactly what you're talking about. I won't say it, though, because we're not trying to at anybody on this platform, but um, people that do believe in that, but they don't, like, they don't fully understand the scriptures. They haven't even fully read the scripture, because first of all, it's saying that they're Jews that are going to be part of the 144,000. And second of all, it doesn't say these are the only people going to heaven. So for them to say that this is the number of heaven, they've really just misinterpreted this whole scripture. But the Bible does tell us, uh, like, a lot of people will be deceived about things like this in the end times. So we, that just goes to show we're really in the end times, right? Because, yeah, it doesn't make sense. But a lot of people, like, misinterpret this number because it's, like, 144,000. Like, what's with them? But they're actually, like, like ordained people, like actually chosen people that are going to live through this tribulation. And they're living this through this tribulation, not as um, I didn't believe in God before, but they're actually kind of going to be like um, people of God that are going to spread the gospel during that time. Because how else is the word of God going to be spread? You know, we need soldiers of, of the army of the Lord who are going to stay, stay throughout the great tribulation. And so we, ha we see 12,000 from each tribe. But you know what's so funny? When I was reading this, um, I was researching it, and I realized that it doesn't say all the 12 tribes of Israel, actually. Like, it, it says it's missing some, like, Dan, and I'm like, what? And then um, 
obviously I, I listened to a couple of things and actually if you go back there's not 12 tribes of Israel there are 14 there are 14 tribes of Israel all together we kind of just through the scriptures I don't know what the people that are writing them do, but they kind of mix, mix match it. Whereas it's like in 12 tribes altogether, because we do understand that some people are obviously added to the 12 tribes, but um, through like people like Joseph, whose two sons, so his like his tribe was kind of like a double portion through his two sons. But that's like, it's just to clarify to you guys that these are not the, on, the only tribes of Israel, but these are the, the main 12 tribes of Israel and 12,000 from each of these will be chosen to endure the great tribulation. So these are people of God that are going to endure the tribulation. And then um, John says, after these things, I looked and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and the lamb, clothed with the white, white robes of palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb of God. So he, see, he, he hears about 144,000 people, but he turns and is a great amount of people of every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And I really believe that this part specifies that it's every tribe, tongue, and nation because it says that there's only 144,000 Jews, which goes to show that during the times of tribulation, a revival is going to happen. Those 144,000 people are actually going to recruit a whole great number of people into the kingdom of God. So they're not going to be the only ones that get to go through the tribulation. So there's actual, actually people that are going to live through the great tribulation and decide to follow God because they see that, you know what? What's happening? Like this God guy, he's actually real. He's actually bringing destruction on the earth. Everything that's happening, like, is scary. And I don't want to endure that. So like I said earlier, it's not impossible to go through the Great Tribulation. It's just very hard. And also, another reason why I say get serious with God now than during the Great Tribulation is because if we go on in the scripture, um, not to say that there's levels in heaven, but they're not in the same place as people of God who were who were um, who found Christ before. Because we get caught up. If if you are a believer in the pre-tribulation like I am, and you believe that we get caught up before the Great Tribulation. We are told that we are we are the bride of Christ. We are going to reign with Christ. These ones, let's get into the scripture and see what they're going to be doing. It says, all the angels stood around the throne of the elders and the four living creatures and fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped saying, um... Yeah. And I said to him, sir, you know, so he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed the robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. Nor the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will, will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So we see here that they're going to, they're going to be obviously in a good place. They're no crying, no weeping. They're not going to be hungry anymore, but they're going to be like serving God all the days of their life, which is a great thing to have. But I'm told that I'm going to reign with, um, with, with Christ. I, I'm a, his bride. And honestly, I'd not to say I'd rather be his bride, but it's, it's important that we understand that getting to know God early is better than getting to know him late. I know these people, are, they're not being condemned to hell. They still get to be with Christ. But imagine what your reward with your reward will be if you, if you, um, if you stay faithful to Christ now, if that makes sense. Staying faithful to Christ now, it will give you a greater reward in heaven, I promise you, because 
though the great tribulation is amazing they're obviously placed in heavenly places and it's awesome it's not as great as uh, as being raptured up before the whole world seeing that you are separated and chosen and actually if you go into scriptures i think it's matthew 25 um or 26 it talks about um how you know how the goats and the sheep are going to be separated Actually, some will say that the goats and the sheep being separated is actually in the great tribulation. Those people are going to be separated, God's people and then the people of the world, because in actuality, we would have already been separated the moment we got raptured. The moment we started uh, going up to heaven, everybody's already going to see that these people are set apart. You know what I mean? So the, the goats and the sheep being resurrected is kind of different. And some argue that that we won't even be judged because the Bible says that... Um, that uh, we won't be judged because Jesus kind of already paid it all for us. So the people that will actually be judged are those after, but that's a different argument for a different day. We're not getting into that today. But as we can see here, these are what um, the, the chosen people are going to go through, actually. And um, it's actually funny because, like I said, prophecies, prophecies, prophecies. There was actually a prophecy in Joel that talks about these chosen people. And if you go to the day of Pentecost, Peter kind of misunderstood this prophecy. So the day of Pentecost happens. They're speaking in tongues, all that good stuff. And then, obviously, people outside are like, what's going on? And they start to mock um, the people there and they start to say like what are these doing are they drunk but then Peter says Joel chapter 2 verse 30 I'm gonna read it to you guys um, Joel chapter 2 verse 30 and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth blood and fire and pillars of smoke so he goes to say um, that this is the wonder that God is showing them speaking in tongues that is a great wonder right but you have to understand that it didn't fulfill the whole scripture and when god says he's going to do something he's going to do all of it he doesn't do half of it the whole thing says and i will show wonders in the heavens and the earth blood and fire and pillars of smoke we see that the great tribulation is full of blood it's full of fire smoke so we understand that that this prophecy has not even been fulfilled yet and another thing that came to me while the Holy Spirit spoke to me while I was um, reading this is that throughout the Bible, we see a lot of prophecies, prophecies that haven't even been um, come to completion. And we as humans, sometimes God speaks to prophets through us or other people through us, and they prophesy to us, and we want God to do it tomorrow. God, you prophesied this about me. Why haven't you done it yet? But you have to understand, God's time is the best time. There's prophecies that have not yet even been fulfilled, and you're worried about a prophecy that you got last week? Come on, wait on the Lord, because it, he will do it in his time. God likes to do things perfectly and in his time. Let's say that during um, the day of Pentecost, that's when he unleashed his rash. Where would we be? Where would we have been? Who knows? God's time is the best time. Prophecies, they take a long time. But God, like I said, our thoughts are not the thoughts of God. God has greater plans for us. It might be hard today, but guess what? God is going to get us through it. The, the fact that God said it to you, you have to remember that God does not lie. He will do it. If he says that you will be a great person, a great prominent person, guess what? You will become that great prominent person. Doesn't mean it will happen tomorrow, but it means it will happen because God said it. And the thing, when God speaks, we have to believe. Without belief, what are we? Without faith? We're nothing. Without faith, we can't even please God. So imagine you living living that life where it's like, God, you said this, but you're not doing this. God, you said this, but you're not doing this. It's like God really put in my spirit that it's like, look at the prophecies that I said hundreds of years ago. That that prophecy um, of Daniel in Daniel chapter 3, that happened in 538 BC. We are in 2020, and that prophecy still hasn't fully been fulfilled. Can you imagine? And because of your prophecy last week, you're worried. 
don't be worried. God will do it. He said it and he will do it. So we see it here in chapter seven that, that God seals his people and there's a multitude of them that there's going to be a great revival through this great tribulation that by God's grace, none of us will have to endure because we'll already be taken up with Christ. So um, I say this again, not to scare you, but to encourage you get close to God now because this great tribulation is not a joke. A lot of people say, yeah, I have time. God's going to do it. Don't worry about me. I have a relationship with God. You pray, but you don't read your Bible. Don't worry. I talk to God. No, you need to know who you are in Christ now. Because if God comes tomorrow, where are you going? You will endure the great tribulation. And who's to say that you have the strength to even endure it? Who's to say? A lot of people like to say, you know, seven years. I think, I, like, I've heard people say this. Yeah, I think I have time. I used to be one of them. You know what? I still have a second chance. If I don't make it the first time, like, I'll be able to get through it the second time. The second time is not easy. It's not easy. Imagine even this first time, it's hard for you to get to Christ. Imagine during a great tribulation. Now, because, because clubs are open, um, the liquor's too good, you know. Um, bottling up is too nice. I can't stop, you know. The body and the boobs is too good for me. I, ca I can't get to Christ now. What makes you think that through the great tribulation, you're going to be able to get with Christ? You won't. It will be so hard because of the things of this world are, are too sweet to you now. The great tribulation is not for you. That's all I have to say. The great tribulation is not for you. So I see this again. Get serious with God now. Strengthen your relationship with him now. Get to know God now. Love on God now because a time is coming where it will be very hard. And when I say very hard, I'm very hard, unimaginable, unimaginably hard. Because even think, like I said, tribulation is trouble. Look at the troubles that we're going through now, that even now we're crying, God, why? God, help me. And we'll go through a lot of stuff. So don't get me wrong. Even during this pandemic, it's so hard. People have lost loved ones. People, are, their parents are sick, lying in a hospital. People are going through it nowadays. And we want to we wanna wait for the great tribulation to get serious with God? You're joking, man. <laughs> you're joking with God and with yourself because you think you're going to make it? Yo, when someone brings that 666, you'll be the first one to raise your hand because it will be tough. You will starve. They will torture you. It's not going to be easy. And we're going to get into all of that later. But don't believe that. Into Don't be deceived in the things of this world and the lies that, you know what? I'm, I'm probably even one of the 144,000. You know, I can make it. God's got me. Hey, it's your business. When Jesus comes and you're not one of them, we'll see what the great tribulation does for you. Because me personally, I know, I, yo, I'm, I'm, I've been so honest to myself. That's what a lot of people need to know how to do. Be transparent with yourself and God. A lot of people like to lie to God too. And I know that we're talking about revelation, but this is, this is very important. A lot of us like to lie to God. Like, yo, I know my relationship with you. Like, you know what it is. Like I talk to you in the morning and the night before I eat every meal, I'm talking to you. Don't worry. I don't need to read the Bible. The Bible's not important. Look at the revelations that we're finding in the Bible. Now you say you want to know God, but you don't read your word. You don't know anything. The word is God. Don't lie to yourself. Be honest with yourself. Me, I, I told myself, if God is to come today and I don't make it, I'm, I know I'm not making it through the great tribulation. I told myself, I know it. Because that 666 is going to come and I'm going to take it. Because I'm scared. Yo, imagine someone coming to you, chopping off your ear. People are going to want to die, but they're not, they're not going to kill you, man. They will just torture you, sir, until, until it's over. Like, it's not going to be easy. And I know it sounds scary. It sounds like a lot, but it's the truth. God's wrath is not something that anybody wants to be a part of. And what we have to understand is that God loves his people. 
God really loves his people. Even look at the martyrs. God has vengeance waiting for those people that have died for him. He said, you know what? You stand up for me, I stand up for you. You got me, I got you. Be faithful to me and I will be faithful to you. Those people, yo, the way that God's going to pour out his wrath is because his love for them is almost driving him to do it. Because these people have loved me and these people have killed them, my wrath for these people that have killed them is far greater than anything. It's far greater than anything. Learn to love the Lord. Get to know God now in this time, especially during quarantine and pandemic. It's the perfect time, guys. The perfect time for you to get to know God, for you to read your Bible, for you to increase in your prayer life. Because this revelation, we haven't even started yet. We have not even started. The great tribulation is just small of what's to come. This is, we haven't even gone to the trumpets yet, guys. The trumpets haven't started and I'm already scared of what, of what this is. But honestly, I'm not scared because I know I'm not going to be here for this. God is going to take me in Jesus' name. Amen. But I, I say all this to say, like, get serious with God. And I know we all say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to get serious with God. I'm going to get serious with God. I'm going to get serious with God. You say that every day until Jesus comes and boom, you're here. You know what I mean? So I just had to say that. Make sure to, to get to know God. I'll leave this place for questions because I know this um, this... These two chapters are also very controversial. So any questions, Pastor Cyril can close us off in any of his questions or ideas. But yeah, that's what I have for you guys today. That's awesome, Michaela. God bless you. I see Irina's hand up. Um, yeah, I just wanted to like add on to Michaela's thing, like how just how great it will be. Um, Matthew 24, verse 22, like Jesus is basically saying that, um, unless that time period is short and like no one's gonna survive, like not even his chosen one. So that's why God even made it short. Like you're thinking, oh, seven years, that's too tough. Like God, that's even God shortening it, mm -hmm. you know. If, if God didn't shorten it, like no one would survive, not even his chosen one. So yeah. 100 that's beautiful that's perfect man this is so good guys keep the comments coming does anyone have questions about the seals um i have something to add as well like um in terms of like how bad it would be you just have to remember the holy spirit is not gonna be here when the tribulation happens right and think about it like Jesus needed um needed to pray a lot in order I mean and, um to pray a lot and also um be connected to the Holy Spirit to do what he hit, he did because he was a human right so imagine the Holy Spirit not being here reminding you to read your bible to pray to do all those stuff I don't for me I I can't I don't I don't think I can do that to be honest <laughs> now without the holy spirit it's so hard for us now when we have the holy spirit we have the holy spirit here and it, yo i'm not even gonna lie sometimes i wake up and i don't really want to pray and i don't want to read my bible and that's me with the holy spirit so imagine him not here nice conversation guys let's keep it going i haven't heard from a lot of you guys nick i haven't heard from you junior Japheth, um nana yeah was Vanessa Nola Darren? Is that you? I don't know if it's here. Come on, guys, let's keep the conversation going. Any other questions about Revelation? What we've learned so far? I feel like I'm talking to myself and I don't like it. I feel like a weirdo right now. Come on, guys. 
No, for sure. You're talking to us, Michaela. We're really, really soaking it in. God bless you so much. But guys, let's let's get the questions or comments rolling. Nana, can I hear your opinion oh, on today? Oh. Okay, so do you know if your chosen one is like God going to let you know if you're a chosen one or you're just going to be left behind? Pastor can answer that and then I'll add what happens. <laughs> Beverly, say that again. Um, do you know if, like, you know how, like, there's some chosen ones? Like, mm -hmm. you chosen one? Or you're just going to be left behind and then, you know, assume that you are? That That is a, that is a great question. Um, there is a scripture I don't remember at the top of my head. Not only do you know, but God, of course, God knows those who are his. The Bible says God knows those who are his. And then there's this scripture also in Romans chapter 8, which talks about the Holy Spirit bearing witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. What that means is that, you know, you cannot be a child of God without the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that makes us born again. And so every Christian has the Holy Spirit. I mean, whether you speak in tongues or not, you have the Holy Spirit within you. And the Holy Spirit is the deposit. You know how you, like you're going to buy a house, they ask you to put, down, put a down payment. So the Holy Spirit is like the down payment for us, that Jesus Christ is saying, look, guys, I am going to come for you. Right, I am going to come for you. Just give me a moment here. I have my little boy here with me. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm going to come for you. Jesus Christ is saying, I'm going to come for you. But the Holy Spirit is a down payment for you. And the rapture happening and Jesus coming for us is the full payment. So every child of God who has the Holy Spirit has that witness within you that you are a child of God. So that's how come you will know, right? And if you are not sure, right? If, you, if you're on the call right now, you're not really sure if you're a child of God, that's not something to live for later. You have to make sure that you are a child of God. You have to be certain that if you are, if, even if you don't wait, you're not still alive till the tribulation, but you could die anytime and that should happen. You should know for sure where you're going. So I don't know if that answers your question, Beverly. Okay, yeah, that does. But also, like, I mean, like, you know how some people are going to be on this earth, like, for the Great Tribulation, like, some of God's people. How do you, like, do you know if you're, know like, do you know if you're going to be on this earth? Like, is, like, God going to tell you? As in, be still around for the, um, the time of the Tribulation? Yeah, because you know how she said how, there's some people, like some of God's people, are still going to be here to like, spread the word, but they're going to make it through the rapture. Like, you know, the great tribulation. They're going to make it through, like, you know, the great tribulation. So, like, they're already going to go to heaven, basically. Right. No, if God is going to choose you to stay on this earth. Okay. Okay. I got you. There is, there is a little, so as we study the book of Revelation, there, there is not everything that we will know. Um, about the times of the end, there's still a lot that Bible scholars are, are grappling with. And so as you study it, and as we study it, one position that I like for all of us to take is, um, what is it, what is going to happen to me? How is it going to play out for me, right? Because when we came into this world, we came alone. 
right? And we'll, but for sure, we're going to live alone by ourselves. And Bible says every man, every woman, every person is going to stand before God to give account of your own life. And right now, as far as we know, what the Bible has revealed is today is the day of salvation. And when we hear his voice, we should not harden our hearts, right? So how things will play out for me or how things will play out for, for somebody else shouldn't, shouldn't matter to you. You know, when Jesus, G Jesus said to um, Peter to follow him around the time that Jesus had resurrected, Jesus was saying to Peter to follow him. And then Peter was saying to Jesus, how about this guy? And Peter was pointing to John. And Jesus said to Peter, if it is my will for him to stay until the end, as in that he, he never dies, what is that to you? Right? So what God is saying is that I, I may have different plans for other people, but it's none of your business. You follow the path that I have charted for you. And for us and everyone hearing this discussion, the path for us is today, if we hear his voice, we shouldn't harden our hearts. We must give in to the gospel of Jesus. And, and, and I think when we get on the other side, we'll have most of these questions answered. Yeah. I don't know if that helps you, Beverly. Yeah, it does. Thank you. Welcome. More questions. I have, I have one difficult question to ask. So let, let's let the other questions come. Let's get the easy questions because Pastor Cassero's questions, nobody will be able to answer that one today. We'll be here forever. Um, I have a question. So the people um, that come after the tribulation, would they still get their crowns? Or would they get crowns? I don't know. Who wants to answer? What is it? Is it faster? No, someone should try to answer it first. You know what? Personally, I believe that what's going to come to them was already said in the scripture. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, like, rewards are for specific people. So, like, the crown of life, like, who exactly is even going to get that crown of life? Like, not all of us, right? I don't know if I'm making sense here. I don't even know if what I'm saying is right. But it's like, um, I think that because they came through the great tribulation it depends what they endured oh wait you're talking about the martyrs thing right wait oh no, i'm talking about the, like after the great tribulation oh yeah the martyrs yeah that died during the great tribulation honestly god is a god of his word he said you're gonna get the crown you're gonna get the crown that's my answer yeah that's a good way to answer it michaela anyone else Yep, Belinda, I see your hand up. Oh, no, I, I had another question. Wait, can okay. I, add, um, can I just, ask just, it? Or? Uh, let's see if anybody has any answers to that one. And then, and then you come with your question. To add on to my point, I believe that like what I said, like 
God said, like, because the way God said it, he didn't put conditions around it. You know what I mean? Like, if God was going to put conditions, it would have been like, oh, only the people that come to know me before the great tribulation and die for me. But he didn't do that. He said, like, you know, if you die for me, like, you're going to get the crown of, of life or whatever. So I believe that whoever is a martyr will get receive the crown, whether it was after great tribulation or before that. But Pastor Shook can correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, you, you're right, Mik Michaela. And um, in, in terms of crowns, uh, when we started the book of Revelations from chapter two and three, remember Jesus talking about crowns and the same with every servant of his, he always has rewards for us, even though we don't deserve it. Okay, so, so to answer that question, anyone who is serving God coming through the tribulation will get their crowns. Now, the confusion there borders around the debate that is still ongoing um, in, in the Christian church as to the timing of the rapture, right? So, so there are those that say that rapture would happen after the tribulation. So Christians will go through the tribulation. And then there's the other group, which is what we believe is that we would not have to go through the tribulation. Okay. Now, the way I like to position it for every one of us is that don't simply subscribe to what your church is saying. Pick the Bible for yourself and read it for yourself because we're not going to heaven in groups. We're not going in groups of churches. We're going as individuals. So your church could be wrong. You know, as you study history, a lot of the times, even what your church believes today has evolved over many years where they've had to change it and revise it, right? But the word of God hasn't changed. It's just people's understanding and interpretation of it that changes over time. And so pick up the Bible and read for yourself. Um, that there is reason to believe for those who believe in post-trib rapture, they have scriptural reasons to believe that. And for us who believe in pre-trib, we also have scriptural reasons to believe that. Could it be that both positions have some truth and some error? Possible. But it's not important, really, the timing of the rapture if your faith in Jesus is strong and firm. Now, if it so happens that Christians will go through the tribulation, that shouldn't be anything that surprises us. Because right now, as we speak, if you go to China, for instance, or go to some parts of Nigeria, and you tell them that we are not in the Great Tribulation, they'll look at you and tell you, are you joking? You, do you know what I'm going through now? They're cutting off our heads. They're killing us, right? They're burning us alive. And they're going through what they see as tribulation. It's, it's us North American Christians who are sleeping on a bed with some nice comforter and pillow that when we talk of our heads being cut off our faith, we think the earth has come to an end, but it's nothing strange, okay? So let's approach the scripture with that openness that regardless of the timing of the rapture, what is important is, is my faith strong enough so that if I am to go through what other Christians are going through in other parts of the world, will I still stand? Will I still hold firmly to what I believe in Jesus Christ? And ultimately, every child of God who goes through any form of pain and tribulation will get their reward 
if they went through for the sake of Christ. I felt like I spoke for quite a long time. I don't know if I confused you. Did that help? Yeah. Okay, great. Now, let me ask, uh, uh, no, before I ask my question, Belinda has a question. Yeah, I wanted to know, you see the 144,000? Like for them, because they're sealed with like the seal of God, will they face like the same like temptations and like the same like issues as everyone else? Like will they still be like, no, I guess kind of like attacked or pressured by like, the Antichrist and everything that's going on? Pastor, is this for you or for me? Ah, do you give it a shot, Michaela. <laughs> Try. Okay, so your question is, will they face the same things? Well, based off what the scripture says, it, they're sealing them. So sealing is like, like, like this, like marking your territory. So I don't want to say that they won't endure it because I feel like them being sealed is just like, these are my people. But then again, the scripture did not specify. So we could really argue both parties. Like you said, Belinda. I personally believe, I don't actually know what I believe until Pastor Cyril talks, then I'll probably know what I believe. So Pastor Cyril, maybe you should give it a start. Okay, Michaela. No, good, good try there. Um, it's always important to think through as you are doing in your own mind and heart, what you have come to believe. So I, I like the way you approached it. Um, Actually, your question, Belinda, borders on the question I was going to ask, because my question was around the 144,000, that if the, the angels were sent to seal them, right, and they were sealed, how come later on in, if, if they were sealed, you, you would imagine sealed for protection, right, sealed from, to, to be protected from harm that was coming. But later on in that chapter, you'd see that when they're, fifth seal was opened, the martyrs were found under the altar, which appears that the people of God who supposedly were sealed, they also died, right? So what was the sealing for? That's one. And then the other question around the 144,000, I know a, a lot of Bible scholars have taken that very literally. Um saying that there is an actual number 144,000. I want to challenge you to think about it carefully because we saw in chapter 1 of Revelations, the Bible, when Jesus was giving the revelation to John, he said that these are symbols. It's supposed to signify things to come, right? And sorry about that. <laughs> okay and and so if the numbers are symbolic could it be that the number 12,000 is representing a complete number of people and if you look at the 12 tribes of Israel that are listed in in Revelation chapter 7 they they don't reflect at all the 12 tribes that are listed in the Old Testament right and, and so some scholars have concluded that that number is reflecting a complete number of people whom God is going to mark before the time of the end. 
Now, the timing of it is where the challenge is. Is it happening before the rapture or is it happening after the rapture? We don't know for sure. We believe that is happening after the rapture, but there is also the other group of Christians who have good scriptural reasons to believe it's happening before the rapture. Regardless of its timing, what this scripture is showing us is when God says, I have marked your forehead or I have sealed you or protecting you, you know, it's not the kind of protection that we are thinking that, oh, we are pr protected from harm so you will never die or you'll never get sick or you'll never get hungry or those kind of things. You know, God, Jesus' salvation for us goes beyond the physical comfort that we think of. He's talking about our spiritual salvation, right? And that's how come sometimes when someone gets sick and you pray for the person, they may not get healed and they will die. And in your eyes, you think God hasn't answered your prayer, but in God's eyes, he has actually delivered the person from suffering and brought the person into joy because God sees what really matters, which is your spiritual salvation and your spiritual security. And so the marking of the forehead of Sorry. So if you remember the marking of the, of the foreheads of these 12,000, it's really to protect them from eternal damnation. They would go through the tribulation. Some of them will be, um, they, they, they might lose their lives as we see in the fifth seal when it was opened, right? But then they are, they are saved. They are victorious. They are put. They, they have white robes that are put on them, showing they are they are victorious. But there will be many others who would also survive and go through and spread the gospel throughout the world. Okay, uh, I don't know if some of you are confused, but don't be. Remember, what's important is what we must focus on. What's important is where will you go? Where are you ending up? Because we're not going to heaven in groups. We're going as individuals. And if Jesus should come right now, where would you go? That is the most important question to answer for yourself. Not really, what's the 144,000? And when is it going to happen? And all of those. If you have the right answers to all of those questions, but you don't have the right answer to where are you going, it's pointless. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Cyril. Um, so today we talked about a lot. We talked about the seals being opened. We talked about the sealed Israel. So I hope everybody's questions have been answered. I think the main thing to take from today, besides obviously all the revelations, is get serious with God now. Now is the time to get to know God for yourself because the time is going to come where you're not going to be able to injure it. It's going to be very hard, as we have all stated. And Pastor Shiro was talking a little bit about pain and suffering. Just a little quick announcement before we put it out there. We have a series coming out next week, Pain and Suffering. The youth service is starting back on YouTube. All, we're going to be everywhere. So make sure to stay tuned. Follow our Instagram 
la.youth or yeah la.youth and you'll get all the information from there but yeah um be sure to be ready for that but now that we're done we thank you jesus that we're done can i just get one person to close us off in prayer and i'm going to choose because nobody wants to talk today i'm going to choose you um let's see you know what? i'll let you guys choose between vanessa nathan yeah Japheth and nana <laughs> One of you, whoever um, unmutes their screen first, you get to pray for us. That's an honor to pray for. Yo, I'm letting you guys know that now. That's, it's an honor to pray. An honor to pray. I think yeah, I should pray. Yeah, Vanessa, Nathan, Japheth, okay. or Nana. One of you, please, I'm begging you. I mean, God will hear you. And when the rapture comes, in Jesus' name, you will be taken. Amen. Yeah, I'll pray then. <laughs> Wow, you guys are really ignoring me. Okay, I'll pray. I'll pray. Hey! Never mind, never mind, never mind. Oh, who is that? <laughs> Nana and Vanessa both open at the same time. So we can take two prayers then. Both of you can pray. Who wants to go first? Okay, Vanessa, then Nana pray, and then close us. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this meeting that we have joined. We pray that whatever we have learned, that it will stick with us and that it will be engraved in our hearts. In Jesus' my name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Heavenly Father, I thank you for bringing each and every single one of us here today so that we can learn your word, God. I ask that after today, God, we take your word and we use it into our daily lives and we get to know you, God, so that when the great tribulation comes, that we make it through the rapture, God, and that we become closer with you, God, and our relationship continues to strengthen, God, and we don't get and we don't get caught up in this world, God, and that our relationship becomes strengthened, our love for you becomes strengthened. And yeah, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you guys for coming. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at like.youth. Awesome. Thanks, Michaela. God bless you. God bless everyone for coming on, okay? And like Michaela mentioned, uh, stay tuned. Next week, Sunday, the new series, you don't want to miss it. I hope to see you all. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.